Access departure information, Papa, time 1253 Zulu, wind 010 at 5, there's Delta 10. One Hey, SBC listeners. I wanted to kick off some Oshkosh coverage with the full-blown Potapalooza episode. I want to thank all of the other podcasters for the invitation to participate in this year's edition, and I also want to especially thank the PilotCast guys and EAA Radio for organizing this once again. It was really exciting to be there, let alone be on stage with all of those voices in my head as they've come to be known. It was great to meet everyone in person, including Jack, Dave, and Jeb from Uncontrolled Airspace. Also, notable aviation journalist James Winbrandt, who's been on several UCAP episodes, was there as well. And we just missed having Amy Labota join us, but she had to leave right before EAA Radio cut over to Potapalooza. I also had the honor to meet Jason Miller of The Finer Points and Steve Tupper of Airspeed. It was also great to meet Tony Condon as well, who's a participant and now a producer of the CFI cast, as well as being a frequent guest on several other podcasts. And of course, Pilot Kent and Pilot Mike of the Pilot Cast. As I mentioned before, Dan couldn't make it this year. Everyone in this small community of aviation podcasters is awesome, and I'm proud and honored to be a small part of it. I would love to see that community grow, though, and hopefully next year there'll be even more aviation podcasters there. We had a few notably absent, including Will Hawkins of the Pilot Flight Podlog and his new co-host, David Allen. While they weren't there, they were piped in via Skype while Steve Tupper held a mic up to the laptop speaker. It was was, uh, stretching the limits of technology a little bit, as uh, you'll hear Kent say, but uh, they did get to participate, albeit via remote feed. So I still haven't met those guys in person. Also unable to be there in attendance were Greg and Jerry of the Student Pilot Journal and Virginia Student Pilot Podcast, respectively. I've mentioned it before, but if any of you out there are not listening to some of these other casts, you're missing out. I'll, of course, include all of the links again in the show notes for this episode for those other podcasts. I'm going to break this up into two episodes, since we did something like an hour and 45 minutes. I want to make sure this isn't too long and too big of a download. That said, without further delay... Let's get on with the broadcast of Potapalooza 2008, which was broadcast live on EAA Radio from the showgrounds of EAA AirVenture in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Here's part one. It's time for Potapalooza on EAA Radio. All right, folks, welcome to Potapalooza 2008. Thank you for joining us once again. This is the third annual gathering of the Aviation Podcasters. We're happy you're here. For those of you who are listening live on EAA Radio, head on over to the AirBP Pavilion, north end of the Honda Forums Plaza. Come on in and join us. We won't look at you funny if you walk in late. It's okay. Uh, Let's uh, get started. There are some people out there who probably are listening to their radio and going, what the heck is a podcast? So uh, who has a good explanation for those people out there? What is a podcast? Don't be shy. Raise your hand. Anybody up here, too? Uh, We ain't doing it. Well, think of a radio interview that's recorded, and you can play it back anytime, anyplace. Yeah, that's about how I see it, too. I I pretty much listen to everybody on this stage, and it's kind of like having my very own radio station that only plays aviation content, which is great because it's not much fun to listen to most of the radio stations out there, and they certainly never talk about aviation. So uh, check out iTunes, click on podcasts, type in things like pilot and flight, and you will find us. We'll also be going down the, going down the row here and uh, giving all of our websites. So let's go ahead and get started and introduce everybody who's up here. On the end here, we have the folks from Uncontrolled Airspace. Jack Hodgson, we have uh, James Winbrandt is second, we have Dave Higdon and Jeb Burnside. Welcome. Amy was here, but she had another obligation. She had to go. Amy Lobota. Yes, Amy, Amy, Amy Lobota, Lobota was, was here, and she had to run away because she's, she's the second busiest person on the field. And uh... So while we're doing this, I'd also like, uh, like you all to pick a, a favorite episode that you have, and if anybody out here had a particular favorite episode of any of these podcasts, we want to hear about it, and uh, that way people can go and find it. So go ahead, Jack. What do you think? Uh, favorite episode of our podcast or of someone else's? That's affirmative. 
I especially like the story that you had a guy on your podcast who, among many other, quite a character, among many other things, used to fly dead bodies. And he told a great story about flying dead bodies during a thunderstorm in the middle of the night. And I retold that. We stole that story. We, re- we told it on our podcast. And uh, so that's yeah, that was, to be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Henning. He's quite a character. The favorite, um, a favorite of ours. Um, and I, I, we've done a lot of them so far uh, since then. But uh, the one we did here a year ago uh, at, uh, at Oshkosh from the deck, the first one that we ever did from the deck, is always been a favorite. I've listened to it a couple of different times since then. And the, just the energy that, that was in that podcast was terrific. We had a blast standing up there on the deck and, and just, you know, trying to describe what we were seeing in front of us and trying to relate, you know, the adventures we'd had that week. And so uh, if, if, you're, if you haven't, if you haven't te- uh, listened to any of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcasts and you want one to sample, um, you might try, num- I think it was 40, number 40. Well, and we're going to do it again Sunday morning. Yep, and we did another one the other day. We did uh, number 92 the other day. It's on the net right now, and we're going to do number 93 on Sunday morning, So, uh, and that should be on the net sometime. And, and we didn't sound a day over 75, so. <laughs> so that's a favorite of ours, but... Uh, yeah, I know a favorite of mine is the episode where you had Amy Lobota on, and she described the experience of losing her engine shortly after taking off from Key West and having to ditch an airplane in the ocean. Very, very interesting. Yeah, that was quite a story, no question. Yeah. It was. How about the audience? Anybody out there have a favorite episode of Uncontrolled Airspace besides those? Cats in the cockpit. Oh, cats, cats in, in the, the cockpit. Cats in the that was James, yeah. Yeah. Don't get James started on his cat, all right? <laughs> Later on, ask James about his cat. Oh, uh, we all know cats and airplanes don't mix too well. Right, right now, the cat's working on an instrument rating because flying with him. <laughs> yeah, he's also going to try to get a, a, a aerobatic qualified. Excellent. Well, uh, next to Jeb there, we have... Bill Williams from the Student Pilot Cast, who just got his private on Monday. I'm, I'm the new, I'm the newcomer here, and uh, I really wanted to get that done before I got here. So, he's the uh, second recipient right. of the Will Hawkins Award. <laughs> it's the honorary Will Hawkins Award. And, now. and, and uh, Greg Summers, who really wanted to be with us, uh, the first student video podcast, would have shared that honor. But uh, uh, it's really cool to have the the students, uh, the, the student pilots, kind of going through their stuff because that helps with the training to have people somebody can commiserate with. But I'll shut up and let you talk. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to mention that um, some of my favorite episodes over the last few months have been, I, I've been taking the uh, episodes that Jason did over the last couple of years and picking out the ones that had to do with private. And I was sort of indexing those and people thought I was crazy, right? I'm going, okay, what's he, how does he do his takeoff roll? Okay, yeah, let me write that down. <laughs> taking notes and my, I'm showing up and my instructor's going, where are you getting this stuff? <laughs> so thanks, Jason. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, <clears throat> Hello, everybody. I'm Jason Miller. And for, for those that don't know, I know that um, a lot of you listeners know, but um, some may not, and people who hear this feed, what I do is a, it's an educational podcast, uh, one audio podcast and one video podcast each week, and that's at thefinerpoints.net. Um, but I have to say that my favorite podcast, uh, and this is just off the top of my head because I do love them all, but it would probably be, Steve, Why We Fly. Yeah, the, the airspeed episode of Why We Fly votes my favorite. Yeah, we should mention to people, I don't know what podcasts are, by the way, you can get any of these at any time. You go, to, you go to our sites, you go to the feeds, you can select previous episodes and listen to all these. You don't need an iPod or anything else. You can download them to your computer. You can use anything to listen to them. So uh, when we're talking about these episodes, go out and listen to them. Enjoy them. Yeah, that's a common misconception with podcasts because of the pod. People think, oh, I must need an iPod. You don't need an iPod. You don't even need a Zune or anything like that. If you have a computer or whatever, anything that will play MP3s, you can listen to us. Um, and Jason, of course, just introduced himself. I've got to say, I think probably the episode that you had that had the, the best uh, effect on my flying was the one about call-outs. You know, I actually call out the airspeed alive and gauges in the green and all that on takeoff roll now. Um, for those of you who may not have heard Jason, his, his show is... it's. Short and sweet is the best way to describe it. It's just one very specific area of flying, and uh, you're once a week, right? Uh, one audio, one video each week. 
Yeah, one audio, one video a week. Are you still doing the safety sessions once a month on top of that? Um, that the safety sessions have gotten kind of folded into the regular programming. So we used to do five each month. And, um, and the, so what the safety sessions are is a, it's an episode where I share a story about my own flying experience. And I actually invite people to share stories of their own. And the idea being that we can all learn from each other's mistakes. And um, so whenever those ideas and opportunities come up now, they just get kind of folded into the regular programming. So, so did you decrease the frequency because you don't make many mistakes? Um, <laughs> no, I had to start sleeping at night mostly. Oh. So. <laughs> Slacker. <laughs> All right, next in line here, this is uh, Stephen Forrest from Airspeed. Welcome aboard, Steve. Thank you much. Uh, it's... And I, I think that applause is, is well deserved because honestly, you, you I think are my favorite aviation podcast. That's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and it is gratifying to see uh, people other than those with airspeed hats clapping. Thank you, uh, as, as well as everybody with the hats clapping. Um, I started airspeed two and a half years ago as a uh, an all features podcast that just kind of followed the stuff that I was interested in. Uh, I was a relatively recent private pilot, and I take people into the cockpit. I let them listen when my instructor slaps me in the back of the head like he or she should. Uh, and it's, it's basically about whatever is currently interesting. You know, I sort of wondered, yeah, the space shuttle gets from one end of the country to the other on the back of a 747. Somebody's got to fly that thing. Let's find out who they are. Stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's been a great, uh, uh, a great thing. Favorite episodes of my, my personal favorites are first solo. Um, why We Fly, probably, and the DC-3 episode uh, covering the type rating. It was like 90 minutes. It literally took me 30 days of just kind of writing and making sure there was no more to write, and it ended up at a 90-minute episode. Probably more importantly, uh, favorite episodes of other shows, Will Hawkins, um, uh, Pilot's Flight Podlog. Uh, I also pride myself on being the only podcaster who can readily call that name to, to memory and speak it. Um, the, no, I can't. I, and I just said it for the only time I can, but um, Will's discussion with a guy who got intercepted out in a MOA by an F-16, uh, I have pirated his line by down, at, uh, down in Georgia, guns, 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 the DC-3 has the 172. Um, the other was the interview by the pilot cast guys a couple of years ago with uh, Boss uh, of the Blue Angels, just fascinating stuff, and and I'll be perfectly honest, I started my podcast with the idea in mind of getting a jet team ride. And when those guys sounded like they're getting so close to the blues, it's like, no, no, that's my evil plan. Um, but the, 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 the long and the short of it, and I don't want to say more, I'm thrilled to have gotten the Thunderbirds ride. The important thing is for the medium. Uh, a, a, a jet team has flown a podcaster, and I will not be the last. Um, here's hoping we see other guys in the back seats of F-A-18s uh, and uh, in F-16s, and let's hope they make an F-22B. Right, your congressman, F-22B. You know, Steve, you just guaranteed the next year we're going to have to put the podcasters out there and the crowd up here. <laughs> Go try to Will. Yeah, I, we uh, unfortunately Will Hawkins could not join us in person, but uh, we're trying to kind of uh, bend the limits of technology here. So this uh, small aluminum rectangle here represents Will Hawkins. Will, can you hear us? I got you. Can you hear me? What a All right. Coast to coast, folks. So. Will, of course, um, is from the Pilot's Flight Podlog, Pilot's Flight Podlog, Pilot's Flight Podlog. I did oh, it. Right. Yes. Um, I also uh, would like to introduce my co-host, David, who's with us as well. Hi, guys. I'm here. I'm in as well. Wow. You, you look uh, sh just a shadow of your former self. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing is we're both across the country from each other, much less, oh gosh, I'm in Florida and Will, of course, is in California. And for those unfamiliar, this is how we do these shows, by the way. I mean, the technology has gotten to the point where we all can have what would have been a million-dollar studio uh, just 10 years ago. We can do these from our desktops. So this is the kind of technology that we use when we have five, six, eight people on it. They're on their phones or on other computers and we're talking to them. Yeah, some of us have been doing this almost since we could, and uh, 
I don't know what that says about us. I'm not sure I want to, but uh. <laughs> we asked only, can we, not should we? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the way. That's how it came to be. So, Will, what's your favorite episode of the? I can't even say it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> of, 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 of which which podcast? Yours. Well, actually, you did have two, of course. You had the student pilot uh, flight pod log before, so we should mention that because, right. of course, that is that is still out there and available, right? Absolutely. It's still up on iTunes and, uh, and still available. Um, I would say that uh, one of my favorite episodes of that particular one was uh, one of my solo cross countries where I got waved off because of a... 172 didn't want to get off the runway when he was supposed to, uh, and I had to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> so, um, my fa- you know, one of my favorite uh, episodes of uh, uh, Mr. Tupper's there is uh, probably uh, Why I Fly As Well, which is just tugs on the heartstrings every time I hear it. That and uh, um, First Solo, and uh, they're all great. Um, all the podcast, all the pilot casts are great, and of course, uncontrolled airspace, awesome. I, I, I particularly like the one they did in uh, in uh, 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 Fun that I was on and Jason was on. <laughs> Here you can hear us bending the limits of technology. Yeah, this yeah. happens too, by the way. <laughs> yes. So, I guess uh, that leaves us. Um, Let's we'll, go, we'll go with Tony first here. This is Tony Condon on the end. He's the guy who's been on, I think, just about every podcast there is. Uh, I haven't been with the guys on the other end yet. So. <laughs> I'll have we'll to start have to do something about so that. Of course, we have Tony on the CFI cast. I'm, my title is producer now, and I negotiated with Mike for a, a raise in pay. Double. Yeah, yeah we, we doubled his pay. Yeah, so... Um, my favorite episode of the CFI cast hasn't been published yet. Oh. <laughs> Talk to this guy. But, uh, and I think you guys it, did a really good one fairly recently on off-field landings. I, I thought that was particularly yes, informative. Yeah, actually, really all the CFI casts we've done, I've, I've really enjoyed. But there's one yeah. that I'm not on that... I listened in when they were recording, and it was really fantastic. So we'll just have to keep bugging Mike Before to get in. It was all women. It was all right. female. And okay. it, it, was, uh, it was Rick and all uh, female. Yeah. And, and Tony wanted to listen. It was um, really interesting. So Yeah, we should also uh, thank Rick Durden, even though he's not here. He's over in Cadillac, Michigan, flying seaplanes. Uh, I don't know why he made that decision, but uh, he does an excellent job hosting the CFI cast for us also and uh, moderating everything. So thanks to Rick Durden for doing that. And, of course, the CFI cast was uh, the idea of Mike Andrews right here, Pilot Mike on the Pilot cast, and, of course, I'm Pilot Kent. Um, I don't know. What's your... <laughs> yeah, um... There are a lot of a lot of what I, I am and what I done is because of Oshkosh. You should know that first of all. Three years ago, I walked around here with a very small recorder. Just imagine, imagine I, I was walking around, saw Victor Peter Diamantis, the man, the, the founder of the X Prize, and has this little recorder. And I walked up to him and I said, "Could you talk to our audience?" And his eyes rolled back in his head, like this is Wayne's world. This guy's in his basement, right? And and I, you know, explain. I had no way to explain what it was. He just had to trust me on it or whatever. And you know, uh, you'll see that he's on podcast number one. Uh, my favorite episode, the CFI cast. Every episode of the CFI cast, I I I record those with the CFI cast and some ep, uh, episodes of the pilot cast. Uh, I sit there and say, this is so good. How could I have anything to do with it? So um, I would say that uh, those are what we're most proud of. So. Yeah. And, you know, we I have- think in terms of just the pilot cast alone, I, I think maybe my favorite is uh, a fairly early episode, episode 18, I believe it was, where we had Tom Downey on, who's an A&P from the Pacific Northwest. And the funniest thing happened after that episode my airplane started faster. There's, I don't see as many blades go by anymore. Um, he, he did a lot of explaining of uh, 
how the engine worked in the 182, and sure enough, it uh, it started better after that. So, one more thing I do need to mention, of course, is I think Steve skipped one of his best episodes. I think my favorite episode of Steve's is called "Fingers in the Airport Fence Entwined." Just an absolutely awesome, awesome poem. And if you haven't heard this, you've got to go out there and get it. Thank so. you. And and. Yep. The, the, the episode that went in the feed had me, of course, talking up the book. Uh, there is a royalty-free MP, you know, MP3 download available of, of just the spoken part. Uh, and if you're at Sun and Fun, it also aired there. So that you guys would applaud for that. It really warms my heart because I worked my hiney off on it. And I'm really proud of it. Thank you for acknowledging. And Ken... All right. Ken, I'm so jazzed to have this live audience here and have actual feedback from people. I'm wondering if uh, we can turn it out to the crowd. Well, we are actually going to do that right after we take a quick break here. You're listening to Potapalooza 2008 on EAA Radio. Still more GA talk to come on EA Radio. We now return to Forums Plaza for Potapalooza. All right, welcome back to Potapalooza 2008, live on EAA Radio. Uh, we're going to do a couple more things now, uh, moving it toward the crowd. Uh, a couple people we want to talk to in the crowd. First of all, a friend of ours, Mr. John Jopling, right back here, has written what... Unfortunately, I have not had a chance to read his book, but he's written some excellent stories, and the book is based on this. So, John, tell us a little bit about your book. Well, our book, uh, my, my wife Hazel and I put this together uh, starting in 2002, and we just got it published late last fall. It's a uh, semi-autobiographical uh, novel about my uh, learning to fly starting at 15 uh, as an airport kid. I went to work at uh, Lee Airport in Annapolis um, and talked to Mrs. P, who ran the Annapolis Flying Service, and I uh, um, traded hours of work for flying lessons. And how I did this, I um, um, told her that uh, I was anxious to fly, I've always wanted to fly, and uh, she offered me 10 hours of work for one hour of flight time. So I had a, a flight line, flight time bank, and so what I used to do was to build up as many hours as I could, maybe 100 hours, and trade them for flying, flying lessons. And I started at 15. The book is about a, uh, my experience, and I put the main character at 17 with a brand-new private license, and he is living at the airport as well as working. He lives in the back of the hangar. He becomes very involved with all aspects of the airport, fueling and checking the runway, uh, pulling planes out of hangars and so forth. And he's uh, also, there's a bit of magic in the book. Uh, the magic is really about his connection to the airport community, including the planes and all aspects of it, what's involved. And um, he learns from the, flying the planes as well as in his, in, uh, in his daily activities from the people who fly the planes, the students, the um, and the instructors, and so forth. What's the book called? John, the Airport Kid. Do you have a copy of it here you can hold up and show us? Yes, I do. This is the copy. And so they're on sale over there in the warehouse, or the is it the warehouse or the small store? It's, they're on sale at the small store, the uh, as well as the warehouse, and there are some books up at the uh, museum. Great, great. Good luck with that. Sounds and for great. those folks who aren't here, John, do you have a website? The uh, website is uh, John the Airport Kid, www.johntheairportkid.com. Great. Excellent. We'll take a look Thank at that. Thank you very much. Uh, Rachel, Rachel is the, uh, you're still the president, right? Well, I'm president of what's called the Meg's Action Coalition, and we're still working the issue as appropriate. Rachel, Rachel is one of the people who kept Meg's field open as long as it was. Did a terrific job. And still, still leading the campaign to uh, to reopen MIGS. So, um, you know, it, 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 they, the, the friends of MIGS and the MIGS Action Coalition did such a good job that the mayor had to cheat, right? So we ought to uh, give them thanks that they were open as long as MIGS was open as long as it was. No, the, the only reason the airport's closed is because Mayor Daly doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't believe 
Um, he has to play by the rules. Uh, and Megsfield has actually become sort of a, a figure of speech in Chicago politics now because people are aware of how heavy-handed he is in many other situations, and people will often say, oh, well, that's just like Megsfield. He'll be there at night with the bulldozers. And there actually have been other cases in the city where he has shown up at night with bulldozers um, in park situations. So it's still a, an issue within the political uh, situation at, in Chicago. December is going to be the 60th anniversary of the opening of the airport. We're planning on having uh, an event working on the notion of the 60 best reasons to rebuild the airport. Um, So the the battle is still on, and uh, again, we offer gratitude to Rachel and Steve and all the good folks and friends at Mixfield who you can talk to here. Yeah, I know. I still have this fantasy that, A, Chicago will not get the Olympics because that's where they will build the stadiums if they do, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, interestingly, there's a group of people, again, not pilots, but people who would like to see um, the airport rebuilt who feel that there's a way of tying the rebuilding of the airport to the Olympics. And you can go both ways, one of which is it would be very helpful to the Olympics, just like in London. There's a comparable airport called London City Airport near where they're building the Olympics uh, for London that they're going to use primarily um, for Olympic transportation. It serves uh, uh, cities all over Europe. So there's that model, and then, there, of course, there's the negative model, which is it, maybe he wouldn't get the Olympics unless he rebuilds Megsfield because the international community might want it and see it as an advantage. But uh, So the idea is whether you can give it legs again by tying it to that, that uh, situation, which seems to be important to the mayor, and then give him cover. But I don't actually care about giving him cover anymore. <laughs> so the, the fight is still very much on, and, uh, and do you have a website where you're taking donations or anything? Uh, well, you can contact me, because we don't currently have a website for the Meg's Action Coalition. Um, the easiest way to contact me uh, is to just go ragoodstein at hotmail.com, and then I can send you how to, you know, how to do that. Donating money is always a good thing, but are there other ways that pilots from around the country can help you with your your uh, campaign? Uh, the short answer is yes, because the Tribune and even the Sun-Times are online, and they publish letters to the editors, and they publish them from people who are outside. So you go out, uh, you check the Tribune, and you see an issue where it ties into Meg's Field, which I can almost tie anything to Meg's Field. You write a letter to the editor. Same thing if there's a comparable issue wherever you're from. That's one thing. Telling your friends in Chicago that it's still an ongoing campaign. A lot of pilots think it's not because you want to land there. I mean, I'm not a pilot. I got involved. It's bad park policy. It's bad civic policy. It's bad government to have a dictator close things. I'm not a a pilot at all. Um, But it is still alive. And most of on the night he dug it up, I was out there, and I went from being a do-gooder to a watchdog whistleblower. Now I know a lot of people who are whistleblowers, and it, it's a tied-in issue that becomes larger because it's part of bringing, uh, frankly, democracy to Chicago. It's why there are seven new aldermen, because people were fed up. So it's a bigger issue, and if the pilots also realize it's still alive, it, it's helpful. Well, I think we wish you good luck. We're with you. We're with you. Definitely. All right, we're going to take another quick pause here. You're listening to Potapalooza 2008, live on EAA Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Potapalooza 2008, live on EAA Radio. Uh, For those of you who didn't hear it at the beginning, we are down here in the AirBP Pavilion at the north end of the Honda Forums Plaza. We're looking at a whole lot of nice home-built airplanes here. Well, those of us on stage are. The audience is not, but... So we'll, we're gonna we're gonna start. Uh, we're gonna They're also looking at a bunch of handsome old equipment. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we're gonna change gears a little well, bit here and uh, do what we do best, and that's of course hangar talk. So who wants to go first? What have you seen that's cool this week? I saw the Osprey finally. That's pretty cool. That's if you yeah, listen to the podcast, you know that I got a thing about the Osprey, and it really was starting to break to my heart. I mean, I was a big fan of the Osprey for so long, and then it canceled its Sun and Fun, and then it, and then it got delayed here, and then Jeb owes me money now because he said it was never going to show. We, we had Jack convinced that it, it was misnamed, that it really should have been the Phoenix after the <laughs> mythological bird that burns up and never comes back. But did, yeah, who, how, who got a chance to see the Osprey fly, either yesterday or today? I, I think it's pretty cool. It may or may not be the most practical 
airplane in the world, but I just think it's really neat. And then and they've got it out on the on the ramp now. It's uh, it's bigger than I thought. Did anybody have that same impression? I didn't for some reason didn't think it would be quite that big. Um, maybe because I'd seen the mock-ups of the of the commercial of the non-military version, which is smaller. So uh, it's it's a big airplane. Got to wait it in line, walked through it, did the whole thing. Hey uh, Jack, do you know a bit of the history? I mean, honestly, I I need to be caught up to speed a bit on the Osprey. I know that. I mean, can you tell me where they are with, with the program at all? Maybe some of the listeners? I, I think, well, you know, there are those who know more about it than I, but... There's uh, at least one squadron deployed to Iraq for a Marine really? unit. So they're using they, it. They are operational now. There was a kerfluffle in the general media a week or two ago when Barack Obama was over there. He wrote in one, and there was a question about how much he'd supported it. You know, it, it was just one of those made-up events. But uh, they are operational. I presume the one here is also operational. And there is a civilian version of the... There is. There's one in development. It's called the Bell 609, I believe. Okay. It's coming really close to fitting that Phoenix mythological bird position right now. <laughs> the basic technology's been out there more than two decades, yeah. and it's just now getting to fruition. So. Well, I mean, I know they had some development difficulties early on, right? I mean, they were having all sorts of problems. A lot of uh, fatal crashes when they right. were testing it. I've uh, spent time down in St. Augustine, as we discussed on a, a previous podcast, they were doing uh, pattern work with it down there and got to see it just doing a lot of touch and go. So it was pretty dramatic to see that and realize that they just keep the props up while they're going through the whole pattern because if they put them down, uh, you'd have a prop strike pretty much. I don't think you could avoid that without uh, putting the wheels on the ground. How many folks here saw the uh, Martin Jetpack? <laughs> I did. Okay, can we hey, okay. that it's not a jet? That's what I thought. <laughs> From here on out. Okay, who saw, who saw the jet pack? From here on out, we're calling that the Jeff fanny pack. pack. <laughs> who saw the, the jet pack and saw Jeff Dunham? Uh, because one, 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 if any of you are familiar with Jeff Dunham, he's, he's a very, very excellent ventri- ventriloquist. And one of his little characters, Walter, uh, his comment on it was, did you see the jet pack? I'd do better if you just frickin' threw me. <laughs> now, honestly, I've got to say, when the thing turned on, and I heard this little kind of, it sounds like a chintzy two-stroke motorcycle engine, and I went, oh. That's what it is. It's a really big force. It's yeah, a it's, big V4 two-stroke engine. Yeah. And the good news for the program is they've sold one. Wow. The one sitting in front of the display says sold on it, so you can't have that one. Aww. Well, if they can dual purpose it as a, a leaf blower, we might be somewhere. <laughs> you know, everybody's saying how disappointed they are. Is that just because it's not actual turbines? Well, that's part that's, of it for me. Well, for sure. Because that's it's not definitely actual part of it. Just call it a jetpack unless it's a jet, in my opinion. Yeah, well, people want to see it get off the ground. roll off the tongue. But, but do you guys really, would you ever really want to wear something that was shooting out hot, expansive gas out the bottom? We're live on the radio, so we really can't respond to that. I, I knew uh, Jeb would pick up on that. Right. <laughs> you can come on our podcast anytime you want. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was blown away by the icon, uh, certainly the concept of it. I'm not quite certain where they are with that program. I know they had a, um, and for those that aren't familiar, the icon, um, how do I describe this? It's, uh, inexpensive amphibious aircraft that's being marketed to the, the new sport pilot community um, almost a bit, and this is in quotes here, like a, like a, kind of a bit like a flying car. Uh, the wings fold up. You can you can trail it. You can't drive it on the road, but um, it definitely appeals to those that that can't afford to or don't choose to spend a lot of money on an airplane. And certainly the sport pilot. Anyhow, they they had a prototype that they said flew, but I think I understand that it only flew with the wheels up or with the wheels out. Or where are they with that? It's um, a strict. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a straight float airplane right now. That the prototype is it has no wheels on it whatsoever. They're flying off and on the water. Okay. But, uh, it's an exciting project. I it is. I, I just wanted to add to that because it was the the icon is the first light sport aircraft that actually made me go, oh, you know, this this is something that sounds interesting. And I would actually explain it rather than a flying car. It's more like a a flying speedboat. Um, it, and it's I think from what I can tell, they're marketing it to to people who who might 
buy it or might buy a, a big speedboat, you know, for about the same money. You know, one thing interesting about it was I noticed that this happened to me the week before I came to the show here. It was brought to my attention by two people, two separate individuals in my life, neither one of whom is active in the aviation community and neither one of whom is a pilot. And I thought it was interesting that those two people had come to me and said, hey, have you seen this? Look how cool this is. And they, none of them, neither one of them were pilots. I think a lot of that is just because they're, they're making an airplane that doesn't look like an airplane inside, and it's, it, it looks more approachable. It has a, you know, what looks like a car's dash rather than the cockpit of an airplane. It looks like a BMW. Yeah. Right. And oh, that's, yeah. that's exactly, you know, if you read the Wall, I forget if it was the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, you know, had a story about them and said exactly that, that they're modeling themselves after companies like BMW and Apple rather than Cessna. And, uh, you know, by marketing to non-pilots, you know, there, there aren't a whole lot of us out there, folks. There are a lot of non-pilots out there. And, you know, that's what's going to make them a success. Well, and that's the issue we talked over with, with Alan Clapmeyers. You know, people saying, why are you letting new people buy these brand-new, expensive, high-performance airplanes? It's because folks aren't enough bodies to make a company, a manufacturer, uh, keep them going. They have to recruit new pilots. And so we, have to, and we also have to build excitement. So we should just give kudos to these guys that can do it. Yeah, at least yeah it, I mean, they, they've gotten an incredible amount of mainstream press, probably more so than any other aviation They've gotten more mainstream seen. press than anybody since an outfit called Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave. <laughs> Dave, you're not supposed to say things like that. Next thing you know, they're going to be on the cover of Popular Mechanics, and then they're doomed. <laughs> I'm really oh, no. curious. Were they really? We, you know, the wow. folks listening remotely, they can't see the uh, 11 and a half people that are here. Uh, actually, we got quite a, bit, quite a few more than last year, which is exciting and terrifying. But I'm really curious what's lit up your all's eyes. What uh, Jack's got a mic go around. We'd like to hear what's uh, we, fired you all up. But why don't we finish going down the row here? Do, you, do we need a break? Quickly. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and take another quick break here. You're listening right. to Potapalooza 2008 live on EAA Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Potapalooza 2008 live on EAA Radio from the number four pavilion, the AirBP Pavilion at the Honda Forums Plaza. We're going to continue now. I think uh, who, who went last here? I, I, I believe... Will Hawkins is going to start coming out of his little metal box up here. What do you got, Will? Being that you guys, you and Dave, are elsewhere and very elsewhere, sort of at opposite ends of the continent, what are you hearing from the outside about uh, what's big here at, at Oshkosh? David, do you want to take that? Well, most of the stuff that I'm hearing... Um is actually coming from you folks uh, at, at the uh, – I'm, I'm following you guys on Twitter, and I actually just signed up for Twitter yesterday. And i got to tell you, I'm jealous as hell because <laughs> um, you guys are talking about the Raptor has the airspace, and, and I'm having breakfast here and there with this person. And so, you know, it seems to me like the, the big things that I'm seeing – let me, let me step back. The things that I see, um, uh, I hear from – like the UCAP guys, they say um, the the thing is the relationships, the the stuff that the the, the the hanging out with other people and and meeting friends that you don't see every year. And I see people twittering about uh, we're having breakfast together and we're we're going flying together and we're going to come in on the 182 and all this other stuff. So it's like the big thing this year, of course, as always, is just building the relationships with people that have a common interest in aviation. I would have to, uh, you know, echo that. One of the things that I'm missing most is being around with you guys, and uh, and it's killing me at being out here. But sadly, I couldn't make it. But uh, that's the big thing about Oshkosh to me. Hey, hey Will, can I uh, uh, can I talk a little bit about one of the reasons that that you're not here and some of the places uh, where your efforts are going? Sure, go right ahead. I appreciate it. Um, many of you know Will Hawkins, you know, as podcaster. Will is also, if not more so, filmmaker, and he is working on a film. Can, can I go ahead and, and pimp the name? 
I'll take that as a yes. Um, <laughs> and there, there, there's a website for it. Will's doing a fantastic film called A Pilot Story. There are other things he's doing. He was filming down at Gaston's uh, that you heard about on the most recent uh, episode of, uh, of the pilot cast. Um, Will does amazing things with an HD camera, and one of the you know we've all got to allocate our our, our time and energies and, and political capital of, of of loved ones. One of the things Will's doing is in fact working on a pilot story and a documentary on uh, the Gaston's fly-in. So the that he's not here doesn't mean that he's not doing really cool aviation-related things. Um, a pilotstory.com without the apostrophe, and you can see the trailer. And it's positively amazing. I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah, many of you might know some of Will's video production work from the On the Flight Line um, Aviation Video Podcast. All of those videos are Will's uh, filming expertise, and he's taking it much further with the pilot story, so definitely check that out. I told Will a couple of weeks ago that uh, I wake up every morning and just watch his trailer. It just makes me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Steve, right. what, did, what have you seen that you liked? You know, I just love the F-22. Whatever the biggest, noisiest thing is, um, I, I, and I'm, I'm here volunteering with EAA Radio for part of the week, and for whatever reason, I drew the cherry assignment of, uh, of interviewing the, the demo pilot. Uh, and it's just really close to be, uh, nice to be up close to that aircraft. It, I mean... Battle Creek, it's, if there's an F-15 there that makes the biggest, baddest noise, that's my favorite. You're just like a heavy metal groupie here, right? I'm a yeah, heavy like... metal groupie, but the other thing is the Super Decathlon. And I don't mean the music kind of heavy metal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the, and it's true. Or heavy whatever it is that they can't tell us about. Or, the big or those iron. That we yeah. can't talk about on the radio. But the other coolest thing was the Super Decathlon that we saw Wednesday as a part of the air show. I'm flying Cetabrias now, and... You know, people watch somebody like Gene Susi or John Moore or or stuff like that. And it is it is amazing to see what kind of energy management the people do over the runway at Oshkosh in an airplane that you can rent and fly within a 30 minute drive from your house, which to me. You know, yeah, the F-22, big dream, big noise, big excitement. But then, by God, you can go out there, strap into one of those things and do it next week or whenever you go home and that part if that doesn't get you excited what are you doing here in the first place so yeah i and as many of you know i emote that's if you've seen jerry Maguire, my podcast is the one where the athletes come in and cry um <laughs> wash rag <laughs> so 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 yes i i get that excited about it and, and about that aspect question from the crowd here uh, so I was wondering, when you were interviewing the Raptor driver, did you sort of let it slip, or you know, in, in casual conversation as you were getting warmed up for the interview? So when I was uh, flying in the backseat of the uh, of the Viper a few weeks ago, uh, uh, I noticed a few things. Can you uh, tell me the differences here? What you, I, I didn't. But what I probably would have gotten was, well, it's nice for a fourth-generation fighter. <laughs> and, I mean, everybody is really proud of what they drive, and I don't blame them a bit. There's zero flies on the F-16. It goes slightly faster than what I usually fly. And But, I'll, you know, the... From what I understand, the the F uh, F twenty two has a a flawless kill ratio in uh, in exercises. Um, you definitely want to be on the blue team, not the red team. Um, out of out of Elmendorf when they go out there and, and go fly these things very nearly for real. Uh, some of the cooler questions were like, okay, so you have the radar signature of a mosquito. What do you do when you fly in controlled airspace? Do you do you dangle some tinfoil out the window or something, or does the controller have to take your word for it? And in so many words, he essentially said, yeah, he's got to take my word for it. He, he's He's got mode S, but I think he detests using it. But it's a wonderful, wonderful airplane. And, and he's exactly the kind of guy that I would expect to be flying that airplane. You pick a type. A type of person flies that airplane. Not sure that he would ever have a beer with me or would the, that I would necessarily enjoy a beer with him. But, and and I'm, I say that with a great deal of respect. The guy is just so focused. I honestly think that that Max focuses 100% of his waking time on F-22. I don't think he thinks about anything else. And when you've got that kind of machine available to the nation, I am all about having that guy in that machine doing what he does. 
Um, and of course, I, to the extent that anything came out potentially the wrong way, I, I will certainly offer up the apologies, but that's kind of the way I see it. I think those are a special brand of human that does that. And I, I for one, will forever be in awe of them. I, I just want to add that that might be the only person that you haven't told about that flight. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm, and, and, and I don't uh, blame you. Well, Jack catches me outside Buster. of Starbucks. Uh, Jack catches me outside of Starbucks and invites me into the hangar. And it's like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to stop myself. And, Isn't and that a variation of how you the, tell the part, a pilot in the crowd he'll tell you, right? Yeah. The parting comment was, I will be incorrigible and impossible to live with at Oshkosh. I'm trying my very best. We knew that. Yeah, yeah. we knew that. Right. The thing is, Steve, he probably listens to your podcast and is wondering why you didn't mention it. So. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Kent, what have you seen that you liked? The people. I've been, uh, you know, the, Oshkosh is a, a little piece of heaven, and, and almost even if the airplanes weren't here, that would almost still be true. But, of course, the airplanes bring the pilots, and it's so great to see people that I know from the Internet, see people that I've met before. And uh, what's really fun is, I'm sure you've got, you guys have had this happen too, is when you're just walking down, you know, I've been hanging out with Bill most of the week, and uh, it, it's really great to be sitting here eating lunch or something like that and have somebody just walk up to you and say are you that guy from the pilot cast <laughs> and so and we're again all of you here thank you so much for coming yep. this is why we do this yep. none of us get paid all we do this for <laughs> is to bring what we bring to you to you and to get feedback from you and uh, it's been a great time i was out at the seaplane base last night met up with a gentleman in the back of the room here. Um, and, in fact, last year as well, ironically enough, but uh, Marty was here last year. So it's, it's, been, uh, it's been really great to just be with everyone here. Um, as far as airplane stuff, I don't know if the, I can pick just one thing. I mean, part of the thing that is kind of interesting to me is that everybody keeps saying, you know, we were supposed to have jetpacks and flying cars by now, and, well, we got them here this week, folks. We, <laughs> sort of. Everybody's heard about the jetpack. We've got the terror. We got one of the guys right, right here. Back here so. We got one of the flying It's not a flying car. It's a rotable aircraft. Right. I know. It's been I, by their booth. I have to we'll help. talk to this gentleman in a bit. Why don't we move along here? we get everybody else in the panel done, and then, uh, and then we can move on. I'd have to agree with Ken as far as why to come to Oshkosh, but... Within, I didn't even get down here before I had seen at least three people that I knew walking through camping, and and that's why I drove up this morning. Plus, I was on the bill, so I thought I better show up. <laughs> and uh, and I've spent all day just meeting up new with friends, old friends, new friends. And uh, one cool thing for me as a flight instructor is I've got people who, who flew in here who I taught to fly. Yeah. And. And, and considering that I've never personally flown the arrival. It's How old are you, Tony? How old is this guy? I'm 23, but... He's 23, I've, folks! I've got, I've got students who, you know, really in my mind are surpassing me in that respect. I rode the rival on Saturday last year with Kent, and it was boring. We were the only airplane between here and Ripon, you know. So I, it's a, that's, that's a sense of pride for me. It's really fun. So that's why I came up. And the airplanes are pretty neat, but like Ken said, they just bring the pilots. So. Well, Mike, go ahead. What what have you seen? You just arrived today. Uh, oh, anything stuck secret, up? Secret, secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 the same. Um, I you know it, it's hard to explain. It, it's the education of, of walking around, and when you're you want to, you're a sponge, you want to absorb everything flying. And so a lot of the things that you hear me say and things that I think I know in the back of my head or whatever are things I've picked up in places like this. Going to those forums, seeing people, famous people, not so famous people, and, and the camaraderie and the education you get from vendors and, and, and the PA announcers and the air shows and the things that you learn, it's just, it's endless, endless, endless. If it costs you $4,000 to be here, it's still a bargain. 
And, and I can say the other thing that impressed me is how many foreigners you see. I mean, I, I drive for three hours from my house to get here, and, and you're, you're seeing people who come from all over the world to come here. This is the aviation mecca of the world every year, and we should appreciate it, and you should be here. <laughs> You know, it just occurred to me that one of the things, uh, you know, we're all talking about things we've seen. One of the really great things about Oshkosh is not what you see, but what you hear in the background here and all through the week. There are sounds you hear here you will not hear anywhere else. You know, the, the right after I parked, a, a B-25 took off directly overhead, and it was it was deafening and wonderful. It was great. <laughs> so, well, right, I'll there, tell there you, are I some machines it. here that are very, very, very good at converting fuel into noise. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll tell you a sound that was really new to me. The first time one of those rockets popped off on Tuesday morning. Oh, I yeah, heard, that was when I heard that today, I thought I was hearing crash. I, I, I was terrified. I couldn't believe it. Then I saw that that guy peel off. And that was impressive, I tell you what. Yeah, of you actually, I haven't actually had a chance to see this. Can, don't they, they go way far away, though, don't they? No, he's not doing really. down what, the runway. Yeah, yep, what well, he's doing, part, they, yeah. they we're talking, of course, about the Rocket Racing League. They're, they're demonstrating it, uh, and it, it is really a unique sound, one of, one of many here. But this, this one's probably more different than anything that we've heard in quite a while. And uh, th this rocket plane just, he kind of takes off and does a very fun-looking maneuver and kind of heads out to the east here. It almost looks like he's maybe flying a triangular course with, well, fairly gentle turns for how fast he's going. But, you know, they, they light the rocket, and then once he's up there in the air, it makes this funny squeaky noise and cuts off, and then he kind of glides around and comes back down and lights it up again, and it, it looks like a lot of fun. I'm going to have to see what it takes it's, to get into that. It's a great self-launching glider. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Of course, our resident glider pilot is If the see. candle doesn't relight, yay, buddy. Yeah, well, that's in case you get too low and you don't want to land out. Then you just turn the rocket back on and uh, you go back up. <laughs> Do we need another break? Is that all? Do we need another break, or can we start talking to the to the crowd? Yeah, let's. Is it time well, for Lieutenant Dan pretty soon? No, nope. let's uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we will uh, bring the crowd in hopefully a little more right after the break. You're listening to Potapalooza 2008 live on EAA Radio. Okay, that'll do it for part one of Potapalooza 2008. Stay tuned on the feed for part two, which I'll post in the next couple of days. But for now, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Music for today's audio cast is the song To Be an Angel from the great Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the Student Pilot audio cast using iTunes, Zune, or any other podcatcher at www.studentpilotcast.com.